Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 359 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you very much for listening, especially today as it is Christmas Eve. Hope you're enjoying your celebrations that you have uh, taken part in. Um, or you know whatever celebrations you are doing that you are able to do and and do so safely uh, during this year. Um, just a quick reminder that my book should be now on sale for free uh, on Amazon. You can have a look at the link which I posted in the uh, Facebook group yesterday, um, and it's also um, it's also at the top of the Facebook group as an announcement. Actually, the link to the to the book as well, so you should be able to find that. Um, Please do leave a review on it. I'd really appreciate that. that. That's why I'm sharing it for free, so that I can get more reviews and more ratings on the book. So please do take five, ten minutes to do so. Leave a, a review. That'd be lovely. Uh, and today we are continuing with our study of December the 21st to December the 27th called Christmas. He shall come into the world to redeem his people. Um, and we're going to focus today on 2 Nephi 2 and Alma 7 verses of Jesus Christ is the Redeemer of all mankind. Now, um, got a very interesting uh, discussion actually to share with you. Uh, first, let's begin with Second Nephi chapter two verse six. It says, "Wherefore redemption cometh in and through the holy Messiah, for he is full of grace and truth." Um, we know that obviously from uh, Lehi's words to his son Jacob. Um, I want to share a quote from Elder David A. Bednar, which which expounds on this. He says, quote, the first and natural consequence of trusting in the Savior is repenting and turning away from evil. As we exercise faith in and on the Lord, we naturally turn toward, come unto and depend upon him. Thus, repentance is trusting in and relying upon the Savior to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Each of us must rely wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. Because only through the merits and mercy and grace of the Holy Messiah can we become new creatures in Christ and ultimately return to and dwell in the presence of God. Close quote. Now, this idea of the atonement, this idea of the Savior taking upon himself what we could not do for ourselves is well known. It is what the whole Christian religion is based upon, that Christ came into the world to do what we could not do for ourselves. But what is not uh, consistent across um, Christianity is the nature in which or the process through which this happens. Um, and that's not and it's not really um, agreed on in, a, in, in the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints as well. There is not one um, put forward um, explanation on how the atonement works. And rightly so, because, you know, our mortal minds can't really comprehend what our saviour, who is a god, uh, did for us you know we do not have that complete understanding we have some theories we have some scriptural explanations we have some um some understanding of how it may work but we don't fully know what i found interesting as i was listening to um to a podcast episode by blake ostler on uh, fair mormon and he was talking about the different theories of atonement that have happened throughout the centuries through christianity and i found that particularly interesting so i thought i'd share that and it fits in quite well with this topic I thought I'd share a bit of that with you, not to try and get you to pick a side or pick a theory, but um, because, again, we don't have a a specific way this has been explained. I think we have had general authorities in the past give different analogies, which have helped us to understand certain parts of the atonement. Um, But there are probably some elements throughout all of these that do apply. The first is the moral influence theory. Uh, And this theory is... um, one of the earliest theories, which basically suggests that the death of Christ, his um, 
his act and his um his his suffering and sacrifice is an example the ultimate example of love and what this does is that it doesn't just focus on the death of christ or his suffering in the garden but his entire life that the work of jesus was an event um, of his life rather than the events of the crucifixion and the suffering in the garden um, and this um, moral influence theory suggests that the atonement or the sufferings of christ urge us and pushes uh, to to change and to be better now again i think that this theory um you know has some definite um, reasons to to be true i think certain elements of it are true like we we always say that we look at the example of christ's life and we try to live that life as jesus did but of course, um, it doesn't explain how our sins are, are cleansed through the Saviour or how our guilt is, is swept away because we still do make mistakes. Um, so the next theory is the ransom theory. I thought I read, reading this was particularly interesting. The theory basically is that Jesus Christ died as a ransom sacrifice a, a price for a price to be paid either to Satan or to God the Father. Um, the most dominant view on this in early Christian thought was that this this debt was paid to Satan. Of course, um, you know, as centuries go on, people moved away from this as well, because the main controversy here is that the theory of paying off the devil suggests that there is a debt to be paid to him, when of course there is not. There is no debt that needs to be paid to the devil. Um, but of course, you know, you get this idea in kind of pop popular culture where this this bad figure or this evil figure comes and demands payment for what has happened. And that, that is rooted in that, which I thought was interesting, but obviously uh, we don't necessarily believe. The next is that the Christus Victor uh, theory of the atonements, which um, is, is a very popular one for the historical Christian church, basically that Jesus Christ died to defeat the powers of evil, such as sin and death and the devil. Um, and you start to see with this one, some elements of this being involved in our worship. We talk about how Christ overcame the grave. We talk about how he overcame sin and death. Um, and this is where I now would like to put a, uh, uh, no, just basically a proviso in this explanation that I don't think, and I'm not signing up to any of these theories. I think that there are probably elements of each of these theories in, in what is the truth. Um, but of course, we are just trying to explain it as best as we can. For example, the moral, the moral um, what was it called? The moral influence theory, I don't think is the reason why the atonement works in our lives and helps us to become sanctified. But I do think that that is one of the reasons why Christ came to the earth to be that moral influence. Just like this, um, you know, Christ did overcome sin and death. He did overcome the grave and he did overcome evil. Um but it is probably not the, the initial or the main theory of Christ's death. It's probably not the main reason why he came and did this because it still wouldn't save us. It would have saved people who could live like Christ afterwards, I guess. Or, you know, it would save people who um, basically hadn't done much wrong. But for those that do do wrong, which is all of us, um, how does it how does it still overcome our individual um choices and pains um the next one is the satisfaction theory and this is kind of linked uh to the penal subject substitutionary theory now when i read these two together you'll probably start to recognize quite a bit more of our beliefs in these uh, but there is still some kind of questions that bring up issues with this um first the first one the satisfaction theory is that christ's death uh, and his suffering 
um, satisfied justice. Now you might think, well, that that's it. That's what we believe. You read that in Alma 42. Um, and, you know, th- th- I think there is certainly some elements of this, which, which may well ring true. Um, it suggests that Jesus Christ pays back God in his death on the cross to God. Um, that, that Christ satisfies the justice um, to God, not to Satan. Um, the penal substitutionary theory is a bit different uh, in the sense that um, it is a direct payment back to God, uh, that God is satisfied with punishing Christ in the place of mankind. Um, interestingly, though, um, this theory is very much focused on the cross rather than any other suffering, which is why, again, I think that you know we should be careful to suggest that we we follow any particular views on this because I just think it's interesting to see how other Christians see Christ's death and how our belief on it probably incorporates different aspects. It takes good things from all of them. Um, and it's interesting that because obviously we believe there's a lot of good in many things that are taught, but they're not the complete truth. Um, this, of course, um, is not like, I, I don't believe that the, the cross, his death on the cross was the only payment that had to be paid and that it satisfied a, a, a just God. And also I'd like to point out, and I do know that um, Elder Boyd K. Packer talked about a mediator and how there was a debt to be paid for justice. And he was very good in, in making it clear. He was, you know, it's paying the demands of justice, not paying the demands of God. Um, or like it's that, this, that justice is this eternal... Um, value or principle that must be paid. But I would like to point out that in some cases, this does paint God the Father in a very harsh light. Um, I do not suggest that that God the Father is this cold, uh, cold, demanding, unyielding person that could not ever show any hint of love or mercy to us without Christ. Um, And I think that's where this starts to be an issue for me uh, personally. Again, there is no agreed view on this, and so it's absolutely fine to talk about the way that we view these things, but I thought that was something to think about. Um, Another one, um, and these are kind of theories that come through the church as well, Um, uh, particularly with uh, Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saint scriptural views, there is one that talks about intelligences and how the intelligences uh, demanded justice rightly or wrongly. Um, but again, you know, um, you know, there's discussion about that. There's another view that um, Christ, and this is probably linked to words in Alma 7, uh, which I was going to read today, but there's no chance now. We're just about getting over our time. But um, that Christ went through the atonement to be able to c- completely understand and have compassion for us in our situation. He took upon us, you know, his sins, his, our infirmity, our sins, our infirmities, our sicknesses, so that he could succor his people is what it says in Alma 7. But again, this theory doesn't really explain how those are taken away from us. One theory that uh, that Blake Osler talks about is the compassion theory, um, which basically uh, is, again, linked to this idea that we uh, that the Saviour went through these sufferings and pains. He literally took them upon himself. But it's that sin and all of this causes darkness in us. It causes a disconnect from God, which we, we believe to be the case, I think. Um, and he takes upon himself um, that darkness from us so that we can have light radiate through us once more. And of course, because he is the saviour, he is where light comes from. And we, t- and we hear about light talked about a lot in the Doctrine and Covenants, so which makes me think there is probably some truth to this. Um, he 
he is able to banish that darkness and produce further light. Um, so it's this idea that, that, you know, this is taken away rather than paid for, um, this darkness is taken away and banished by Christ. Uh, and that through that light, that darkness being removed, we can be made more light and be more sanctified. And we then throughout our lives, as we use the atonement more, we're able to become more and more light, removing the fallen, our, our fallen nature, our natural man. Uh, and that's taken to Christ so that we can then be more cleansed and sanctified and more pure uh, through his atonement, through his act. I think that I do probably agree a little more with that. I mean, there will be other reasons why there may be that may be an incomplete view of the atonement. Uh, but I did think that was interesting to think about. And I've gone well over my time. So I hope you've enjoyed that. And I hope that you found that interesting. If you found that completely useless and did not enjoy that, then, you know, obviously um, um, I, I apologize. But I thought it was interesting to think, try and try and consider how our Savior's atonement has worked for us in our lives, how he is the redeemer of all mankind. Of course, we will not fully know how this works until uh, until the great and last day, until we are perfected, perhaps. But um, I think that it is important to understand just how important our Saviour is, and how his role does so many things for us and is able to completely cleanse us um, through his grace, but also through, you know, the our side in terms of needing to repent, which I think, you know, um, is important important to remember. Thank you very much for listening today. Hope you've enjoyed the study. Please do join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. You can also email session at gmail.com if you'd like to join in a future podcast episode yourselves. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.